Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I, I don't know about you, but today is always one of my favorite days of the year. And why, you ask? Because, of course, we got that extra hour of sleep last night. And at least for me, that's always a joyous occasion. And to that end, by the way, just a reminder, the correct time is 7.06 Eastern Standard Time. Okay, now, each year in early November, the New York City Marathon is run, and each year, I like to spend some time talking about the, the art and science of running. And that's because when it comes to our kids, and, well, even ourselves in terms of being physically fit and staying healthy, the simple act of going out for a run or a long walk is still perhaps the very best exercise you can do. Well, maybe swimming is perhaps the best overall exercise, but running, whether it be long, a long-distance jog or a brisk walk, or even just doing a number of short sprints, is really good for your body and for your head as well. But of course, the New York City Marathon has been canceled this year due to the pandemic, and a virtual marathon is being run in its place. But the good news is that the people, people of all ages still continue to run, including high school cross-country meets. And in a moment, we'll talk about this virtual marathon. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Joel Pasternak always joins me to talk about running. And this year, this marks his ninth year on the Sports Edge. And he again joins me this morning. Joel is in his 56th year of running. He's logged more than 129,000 miles as a runner. He's competed in numerous marathons over the years, including the New York City and the Boston Marathon. And he's coached runners of all ages for years. In fact, he still works with runners on a daily basis. And you can find more about Coach Joel at his website, joelrun.com. And, of course, we'll take your calls and questions for Coach Joel at 1-877-337-6666. And, Joel, good morning. It's always good to talk with you. Yeah, good morning to you, and I'm glad to be on again. Well, thank you for, for joining me. 
Uh, you know, I, I mentioned a second ago about the New York City Marathon. Obviously, we know uh, that's been scratched this year because of the of COVID-19. But there is a virtual race that's going on. And, and I was hoping you could at least fill us in on how this is going on, uh, how, how it's being received, how popular it is, uh, and so on and so forth. So tell us more about the New York City Marathon's virtual race this year. Okay, well, the New York Roadrunners uh, decided uh, when the pandemic came that they've had to try to get in races somehow and keep in the funds coming in to keep the building going, paying the rent and their salaries. So as of uh, October 17th till today, mm-hmm. runners have been signing up, and they have over 25,000 runners that have signed up all over the full United States and 109 countries that will be doing this, whether they've done it already or they're going to do it today. And uh, they paid a fee of anywhere from $50 to $150 that will go uh, towards uh, a good cause and the New York Roadrunners. Mm-hmm. And they'll be given T-shirts, medals, and uh, discounts on different things. And this is all logged on their running watches, whether they have a Garmin running watch, Apple running watch, uh, different systems. And uh, they can send the information to the New York Roadrunners Club uh, with these sites. And their name can be uh, looked up on a Strava app. And uh, they can see exactly that they ran 262 in certain time, certain pace, uh, the course they ran, their heart rate, uh, how many steps they took. So it's uh, quite a genius way of uh, taking running to the next level in these terrible times. Now, let me just sort of go through this uh, sort of step-by-step. I mean, you're saying, of course, this is being done in a virtual manner. So these 26,000 people who have signed up and have paid a fee, clearly – I, mean, I guess some of them are actually going down and perhaps trying to, to run the, the course, uh, you know, starting in Staten Island. But most of them are running in their own neighborhood, correct? Correct. For instance, uh, Fleet Feet in Montclair is sponsoring a run today. They've mapped out uh, two 13.1-mile loops through the towns of Montclair, Glen Ridge, West Orange. Uh, people are going to start anywhere uh, from 6 o'clock this morning have to be done by 6 o'clock tonight. And uh, whether they want to run two loops, uh, they want to run the one loop, or they want to do 13.1 at uh, part of the day and then 13.1 the next part of the day, all kind of courses. I mean, I know people who are going to Central Park, and because it's the 50th anniversary, they're going to run the 2.2 miles, uh, 1.1 back and forth, and do the four four loops of the park and finish their 26.2 there. Uh, it's it's I mean, extraordinary. I mean, look, we all know that people who run and run seriously, uh, that they become part of a fraternity uh, that is very close knit and they're very dedicated. It, it's um, yes, running is competitive, but clearly people see this as more than just a competition as a race. They see it as something that's part of their of their basically their outlook on life. And you know to to, to let me ask you about the, the, the various apps that, that are being used here. I mean, they're, they're taking this seriously in the sense that, okay, if you use these various apps to report your scores, that's how this is being done on the honor system so that the uh, New York uh, Roadrunners, they can see uh, who's actually running and how many miles they've actually logged in the race today? Yes. Uh, they can uh, send this information, take a screenshot, or uh, – the people at New York Roadrunners uh, can go to this Strava app, 
where um, I watch my 20 runners that I coach and I can see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. They can spin this person's name, you know, Rick Wolf, and say, oh, look what Rick did today. Or he did on October 25th. He covered the 26.2 miles. He ran it through different parts of Westchester. And uh, he he completed it. And we're going to send him his medal and T-shirt. And uh, we're going to even put him in his age group. (laughs) <laughs> you know, with the age group of 50 to 55 or 50, 69, we're going to uh, let him know how he did in the race. Now, for, for the people who are the elite runners, and we know for years, uh, you know, there's, there's um, a number of runners, particularly from East Africa, who tend to dominate uh, marathons. Uh, are they participating in this? Do you know? Um, some are, but I'm glad you brought up that question. Because of uh, the pandemic, Two major marathons, and there's six major marathons, New York, Chicago, Boston, then you have uh, Tokyo, you have Berlin and London. Well, uh, the London Marathon, which just ran um, on October uh, 4th, they brought in the top 50 men and women uh, athletes in the world. Yep. Okay, they brought in the top wheelchair men and athletes. And they were on a course of 1.4 miles. They wanted to keep it closed in. Uh, they didn't want any spectators. They wanted to pull that back. They ran 1.4 miles 19 times. They had prize money. And they did that in London. Um, in the Tokyo Marathon, which was right at the beginning of the pandemic in March, mm-hmm. they brought in the top elite men and women runners and uh, wheelchair runners. And uh, they did their race. Now, the other majors that there are, for instance, uh, Berlin, there were 34,000 participants on September 27th that did some form of the Berlin Marathon, whether they could go out and run the course. Uh, There's no stopping them from running the course. It's free country to run on those streets. And there were 34,000 people that ran in Berlin and 44,000 ran virtually in London. So uh, people were just coming out in droves. And because it is virtual... More people were able to run because they had always had cut down the numbers because of only so many people that could run in the race. This year, there's a lot more that are doing it, uh, not necessarily New York, but um, you have a, a great turnout for all these races. And, and at some point, uh, is a New York Roadrunners Club, are they going to announce uh, the finalists or the winners? Is that going to happen? And, and so any idea when that's going to take place? Uh, after, uh, today they'll comp, uh, all the results. Matter of fact, I've gone to Chicago marathon site. Uh, Boston was ran, yep. uh, virtually, uh, between nine, five and nine fourteen, And you can go to the Boston marathon site and they have the listing of all your finishers of everybody that finished the race that signed up and send it in their results. I, I want to talk to you, but you mentioned uh, the various apps, and I would say of all the various sports, and by the way, we're talking with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about, obviously, uh, the art and science of running. Uh, of all the sports, and we know, obviously, about the impact with analytics and metrics and, say, sports like baseball and basketball, but clearly track and field, which has always been, you know, the stopwatch has always been a part and parcel of running, uh, but the apps these days have become also part and parcel of anybody who has become a serious runner. Uh, Joel, you talk about this uh, like Strata and other apps as though this is just routine now. Can, can you can you share more for our listeners who may not be familiar with Strata and other other apps that are being used? Okay, well, your Garmin watch, uh, which uh, a lot of the runners have, 
Um, they will come home after a, a number of runs, put it in their computer, yep. and it'll log all their races. Uh, if you hook your Garmin watch up on the Bluetooth app, uh, I can follow if, if someone's going somewhere to run a race, that's marathon year before all this came, I can put their name in and I can follow them in the race while they're running it and see how they're doing and uh, keep their time. So it's uh, become uh, very scientific, yeah. uh, a ton of information. I mean, I, I can, uh, my runners can't get away with anything who I, I see once a week or, <laughs> or I uh, keep in touch with because I have them on Strava and I say, uh, you know, on your plan I gave you, I only want you to do eight miles or something and you did 12. Yep. Why didn't you listen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I felt good that day. Or, uh, see, I noticed your heart rate's up and your pace is normally where it is, but it's up. I think you better cut back a little bit because I think you're overtraining. You could come down uh, with getting sick or getting an injury. So uh, it, it's great to be able to uh, help coach people a lot more closely. I want to come back to that uh, later on in the hour uh, because obviously that's something I want to talk about. Uh, you know, because you said now you have the ability through modern technology to monitor uh, the runners, and if they're if they're doing too much or doing too little or their their heart rate and so on and so forth, this is a great great uh, breakthrough uh, in terms of coaching. But I, I do want to talk to you a little bit um, about. You know, the fact that in addition to the fact that, let's face it, due to the pandemic, many, many gyms have been uh, closed down uh, and, and people like myself have been decided, well, how else am I going to stay in shape if I can't go to the gym? So I guess since March, I decided to go for walks every day. Now, I'm not I don't jog like I used to, but I would go for a good long walk. And, and I wonder, I mean, I, I found that to be um, not only healthy in terms of my my uh my physical being but also my, my 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 mental health as well because it allows me to sort of you know get out there and get some fresh air and, and best of all i've lost about about 15 20 pounds over the last eight months um Good for you great I mean, to hear are, are you hearing similar stories like that i mean it must be a the fact that everybody's out now doing things outside i see a lot of people in my neighborhood out walking or jogging it, it's it's uh, one of the few silver linings, I guess, of the pandemic that people are going out and, and getting some real exercise. Well, that's a phenomenal point uh, you bring up to discuss. Uh, I live in a community here in Woodland Park that has 1,400 people, and I would, you know, before the pandemic, see them when I go in the gym from time to time. Yeah. I see a lot of them and a lot more of them because they can't get on their treadmill or elliptical, and I see them walking through the community. Uh, they know, they've seen me running here in the community for three and a half years. And uh, when I can stop and talk to them, uh, they ask me about shoes. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> exercise equipment has just uh, quadrupled in sales. Your different companies, Nordic Track, the Peloton machine has just exploded with their bikes and treadmills. Uh, there's uh, weeks and weeks of wait to get this uh, equipment. So uh, in a way... Uh, this kind of reminds me, not in, in such a bad way, but when I owned a store in Greenwich Village in the late 70s, uh, there was a transit strike. And there was no subway and buses people could take. Mm -hmm. And I had lines waiting out my door down the street and around the block for people to buy sneakers because <laughs> the only way they could travel to yeah. working around is walking and jogging. Yes. And that's what's happening now because of the gyms and... and uh, 
exercises that people can't do, they're getting out and exercising. Uh, the uh, sneaker business, not as much retail because people are worried about going into stores. The online business for sneakers is just unbelievable. Uh, the weight, uh, I've waited on, on line to get a pair of sneakers sometimes for an hour and a half to talk to people, and then I find out it's out of stock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk to you about all those kind of questions uh, when we come back after we take a short break. We're talking with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about all things running and uh, what's involved these days. You know, how do you buy sneakers online? Uh, what about exercise machines? Uh, what you should know? We mentioned, uh, I mentioned early on about that there are cross-country high school uh, tri- uh, meets going on. I want to talk about that when I get back from our break. One eight seven seven. 7337 Hey, welcome back to the Sports Edge. The uh, the correct time is 7:25 Eastern Standard Time. This morning we're talking with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about everything involving with running. And, uh, Joe, I mentioned uh, before, I, I, we want to talk about with the New York City Marathon and all the other marathons being virtual this year, but there are high school cross-country races being run. Uh, some high schools, some school districts are opting not to do that, but some are. And uh, I know you're familiar with this. Give us a brief uh, idea. We know that running is deemed to be a low-risk sport in terms of spreading the uh, the pandemic and the virus. But what are what are schools doing in terms of running their meets this year, this fall? Well, first, I'm very happy to report through all my uh, knowledge and people I know in the sport and following everything that there hasn't been a case yet announced of any runners in a race uh, coming down with the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. So that's so far. Uh, there have been cases where there are schools that had a case in their um, areas of whether middle school, high school, and the teams then couldn't participate in meets that they signed up for in September. And now it is here uh, starting in November and they couldn't participate because of a two uh, week quarantine of the school but not the athlete uh, per se having it. And I've seen that also in the football teams. But uh, what the high school has come up with, the race directors, is um, different invitationals, and they come up with the word pods. And these pods are freshmen, boys and girls running separately, JD boys and girls running separately, and varsity. There'll be approximately 10 teams that will allow in each pod. They're lined up on the starting line, every other number. So pod, uh, the first uh, box is a team. They skip two, three, five, seven, nine, all the way down to 22. They will come to the starting line uh, with their masks, and then uh, we'll take them off, give them to a coach, or if they want to uh, run it with their arm, they'll run their race. They'll finish the race. There'll be no medals. They'll go right through the chute. They'll head to the school bus, and they'll get ready uh, for the next race to begin. Because of the um, way the timing's done, they can run two races at the same time. So if a race starts at 8.45, the next race will go off at 8.55, and they'll have two clocks running so they can get the time to move things along. But now these meets that used to go from 8 o'clock to noon are now going from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock 
yeah. to get all these, these runners in. But it, it seems to be working out. Uh, there have been numerous county meets in the state of New Jersey that have been canceled. And there have been other county uh, meets that have gone on and, and been successful. Statewide, uh, this year, the state of New Jersey decided not to have a group meet at Homedale, which is the number one park in New Jersey for uh, the high school running, and no group meet of champions. They're just having a sectional, which will be held uh, on November 15th and 14th throughout the state, uh, the different uh, sections and groups, and uh, they will run uh, the teams, uh, again, in small amounts. And but like you said, certain teams are not not participating, even some top runners in the state, uh, because of the COVID and because having grandparents that they see a lot have opted out. Some of the top runners in the state, some of the best girls and boys in the state um, who are known all year round to participating are going to these little small meets uh, with small numbers, whether it be on a track or being somewhere. I saw a top girl go to New York State with a meet of only 60, 70 people of uh, some of the top runners, and uh, it, it's moving along okay with no uh, problems coming up. I have to ask you, I mean, obviously what they're doing, of course, you're saying they're segregating or segmenting the, the runners, uh, and you say the runners come to the, the start uh, with their masks on, uh, and as soon as the race is over, uh, they just go right back. Basically, they come through the chutes at the end, and they go right back on the bus. I assume, and maybe I shouldn't, but I assume the kids uh, do not wear masks where they're at when they're actually running in the race, or, or do they? No, no, they don't. They don't have to because they feel it'll be uh, tougher for them to breathe. It almost yep. uh, simulate a little. I, I run with a mask from time to time when I see people on the street. I I, I want to be safe, and it does uh, keep your breathing. Your nose, your mouth is covered. There is some air coming in, but it does make you work uh, harder, and especially going up a hill. Yeah, so they feel they feel that's dangerous. Uh, even though uh, you've talked about, and just briefly, uh, I mentioned uh, what you brought up in one show, that in Massachusetts they're playing yep. soccer with masks on, only 15-minute periods, four of them instead of going a half hour. Right, and, right. Uh, that seems to be working okay. Yeah, and the truth is, uh, you know, even around here, you, you'll see a lot of uh, high school soccer players, you know, wearing max, masks uh, throughout the competition of the game as well. But in, in Massachusetts, it's it's mandatory, and um, that's if you don't wear a mask, you're not allowed to play in the game. Uh, let's get some calls. Let's go to one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's start our conversation this morning with uh, with Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. <coughs> How you doing, Rick? Um, Good to hear How are you Jack. doing, Joel? I'm doing very well. Very Thanks, good. Jack. Good to hear you every week. Um, yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, but you're really listening to Rick. He's the star. You come up with the good questions to make him look even better. <laughs> yeah, well, but he but he always answers them, so I don't look that great. This, uh, but, you know, you, you're, talk, you're talking about technology and and it's amazing, you know. You have this watch that tracks, you know, um, you know, attracts everybody and tells you exactly where they are and what they're doing. I have the same type of thing. It's actually called a wife, but um, <laughs> but we uh, the technology is, you know, you 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 know, we've talked that I've had multiple knee surgeries and actually three knee replacements. So right. you know, I remember. I remember when I first had my first knee replacement, 
I came home from school one day and I was sweating and, and my wife Sue said, you know, what were you doing? And I said, oh, you didn't know? But, you know, I was a teen at the Jews in Fairlawn. But I said, uh, I was running. I just, you know, she goes, you can't run. I said, what do you mean I can't run? You know, so she said, you're not allowed to run. You can't be pounding on the hard ground with knee replacements. So, I, you know, I called my doctor, uh, Dr. Anthony Delfico, great doctor. He's done multiple knee surgeries and all three of my knee replacements. And he said, Jack, you know, you're a phys ed teacher, you're a coach, you want to make those knees last. He says, I'll tell you what, you know, the only time that you should run is when you're walking across the street and a bus is coming at you at 70 miles an hour, run out of the way. But <laughs> so, we, so we started talking about equipment. And we decided, you know, uh, that the elliptical for somebody like me is probably one of the best pieces of machinery because there's no pounding. It's actually, you know, running on steps. It's running on pedals, and you're in an upright position. You can use the upper arms or be stationary. They have stationary grips and then the upper arm movement, which is also you can turn the tension up. You can go uphill, downhill. I have a very nice machine, and, you know, and it keeps track of all the things, you know, my calories burned, distance gone, all of that stuff. And it's, you know, and I, I live by it. I mean, I, I run on it every single night, you know, for half hour to 45 minutes. Um, you know, well, I just get in front of a game somewhere. But yeah, Let me interrupt you, sir, Jack, because I, I, you know, ahead, I, I was going to say, um, you know, people talk about treadmills and ellipticals and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I used a treadmill for years. And uh, I thought it was great to sort of keep me in shape, but in the end, I had to have my my hip replaced because of all the uh, the pounding from the uh, the doctor told me from the treadmill. So now I use elliptical or I go for walks. But but Joel, I mean, what do you what do you caution uh, your, your the people you you coach? And I'm not talking about the kids in high school and stuff or college, but the the older crew in terms of treadmills or ellipticals or what do you advise them to do, particularly when the weather is getting cold and you really can't go outside and run on a track or something? Well. The uh, runners that I work with, I uh, impress upon them that they should always have a few days where they either cross-train, like Jack said, an elliptical, or, uh, you know, go for a uh, very fast-paced walk. Uh, Swimming is great, like you um, mentioned, Um, and um, not overdo the mileage. Uh, Watch uh, your shoe wear. Uh, I always tell my runners, uh, that after probably 100 miles, you should take the insert out that what comes with your run, new running shoe that you might have spent $150, $200 for, but they're worth like 75 cents. They're not doing much for you. So as the shoe wears, you should buy yourself a good pair of inserts. I like the Super Feet. That costs about $30, $40. I buy online for Dick's or eBay. And, uh, that gives your shoes a lot of life. Running shoes should last and taken care of. And again, it's the size and the stride. It should last you uh, at least two, three hundred miles each time uh, you use a new pair of sneakers. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to get into Hey, Jack, th- thank you for chiming in as always. I very much appreciate Thanks, your Jack. thoughts. Good hearing from you. Take it easy, Joel. 
Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about, about buying shoes online because, uh, you know, it's very hard for most people to go to a, 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 a retail operation um, either stand in line or have to go through the process. When I just went through a process of, I, I was using New Balance uh, sneakers for years, and I didn't think I was getting enough um, support from them, so I decided to try a pair of Asics. But going online, I, I was sort of like, okay, I know what shoe size I am, but do I buy a, a larger size, a half inch a larger, the same size? W- what is your advice about buying uh, running shoes or, or, or shoes for long distance uh, walking? Well, what all these companies, which they've been doing for years, because they know uh, the shoes run differently, people using different models. Uh, you could buy, say, a ASIC shoe and buy want to buy it a year and a half later, and because they went to a different last or they're using a different factory, it could be different. But they've been uh, generous in taking back sneakers uh, that you walk around the house, uh, run a little bit in them, and if it's not right, They'll take them back and they'll pay for them uh, for having you to send them back. So really? That's, ma- that's made it easier. Uh, there are stores that are taking uh, appointments. So you might be one of two or three people in a store, and it, it's pretty safe to go in and uh, buy a pair of shoes. But um, you're uh, not far off with all the major brands. They make good shoes. Uh, I always suggest to people spend a little bit extra money and get that next level up because it's something that's going to take you through an activity and end up costing you maybe 50 cents a mile. Yeah. And that that's worth it. So, uh, there's, uh, some good ways to, uh, get the right pair of shoes for you. And, uh, I always suggest people should have about a thumbnail's length when they, uh, buy a pair of shoes, when they stand up, they should buy sneakers and try them in later in the day when your foot, has uh, expanded more. Uh-huh. You should always tie the last hole in the sneaker. Right. To make yes. sure your heel doesn't come up and your foot shouldn't move around because, uh, like you said, walk, walking your weight doubles. So if you're 150 pounds, every time you take a step, that's 300 pounds. Yep, yep. Running, it doubles plus another half. So if you're 150, 150, 300, and another 75 pounds, that's 375 pounds every time you take a stride or a step. And in a mile, which is 5,280 feet, that's 1,760 strides if your stride's three feet. And that's a lot of pounding, a lot of abuse to your body. But from doctors I've talked to over the years, and orthopedists, and I've had six right knee surgeries, uh, the last one being four years ago of a full night knee replacement. I run uh, four days a week, and I have no pain. I feel like uh, the bionic man. Uh, I'm doing okay, and uh, they say you can get over 200,000 miles on your body if you keep yourself healthy, watch your weight, and uh, keep the right sneakers, the right surfaces, get to a track, a treadmill. Uh, You should be okay unless some people are just uh, going to have knee problems no matter what because of their mechanics of the way they walk and run. 
Well, I, that's another thing I want to talk to you about. Of course, I could discuss uh, these topics with you for several hours at a time. Because, again, for most sports uh, that our kids uh, play and we play uh, as adults, it's all about being able to run and to sprint or, to, or really just uh, be in one's feet uh, without any pain and, and to move quickly. Uh, let me take a time out. We're talking with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about, obviously, running. Uh, we'll take in your calls at one 337 6666 I return, we'll go back to your call. Stay with me. I want to remind you, of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. And, of course, on my website, uh, you can find all sorts of sports parenting resources and columns uh, from experts and uh, listing of books at AskCoachWolf.com. And before I return to my conversation this morning with uh, running coach uh, Joel Pasternak, I want to take a moment uh, to note the passing of Travis Roy. Travis, you might recall the former Boston University hockey player who in his very first game in college, literally just 11 seconds into his first shift on the ice, Travis crashed into the boards and broke his neck. He became a quadriplegic. And he became a national spokesman and over the years raised millions and millions for research on quadriplegia and for paralysis. Now, I got to know Travis when he was writing his book entitled 11 Seconds. And he always struck me as a warm individual who never wanted to put anyone out of their way. He never complained about his harsh fate in life. You know, as coaches and parents, we talk about confronting adversity in sports all the time. It's routine. But Travis Roy, who died this past week at age 45, I think it's more than fair to say that he took confronting adversity to a whole different level. He was an absolutely wonderful guy and, quite frankly, a very, very talented hockey player. Okay. Let's get back to talking about running at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Joel, I I, I want to I always ask this question to you every year, but I want it's an important one. Can a youngster that you're working with in their teenage years or twenties, whatever, can they get to a point where they're actually running too much? Yes, most definitely. Um, they feel uh, more is better, and they're not being guided properly. And I've seen some. Uh, Runners who uh, attained some fine results in high school, and because of burnout injuries, they could have gotten a scholarship to college, but they couldn't run in college because their career was over. Parents uh, started them off. They, I, I met people over the years, kids running a ridiculous amount of miles at the age of 8, 9, 10. Well, the reason I ask is because, you know, people sort of figure, well, you have a gift for running. You, you Obviously, you can go long distances. So the, 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 the general tenor is that, well, if you can run five miles, no problem, 10 miles, no problem. Why not? You can really improve yourself if you can run 15 miles uh, every day or 20 miles. But you're telling me that could be very counterproductive. Oh, yeah. Very uh, detrimental to uh, the growth of a young uh, boy or girl. And uh, the body has to adjust little by little. And uh, it has to be done uh, the proper way. Uh, I had phenomenal results with athletes uh, running 
half of what other athletes were doing in high school, and my athletes beat them because they were training smart. They were doing cross training, like we talked about, bike and elliptical. Right. And uh, they got days off. Uh, You know, some kids can get away with it. I've seen kids, but not not a lot, not a percentage of kids uh, getting away with it where a lot of mods, I mean, through this pandemic, I caught up on reading a lot of books on a lot of uh, famous runners, and all of them, all of them at the young age were not running high mileage, and gradually uh, through their uh, years into uh, college and after college and professional, uh, you know, uh, built up to it and came to a point where they leveled off, they stayed with it, and they did uh, more quality than quantity. And uh, well, that seems add- to be the right ingredient. I mean, that obviously is the essence of coaching. As you said, a kid shows some talent. A kid has some ability to run. But obviously, it, it really needs to have somebody who knows what they're doing and knows uh, to really work with that youngster to get them the right kind of regimen so that they don't overdo it and can basically build uh, to reaching their potential. Now, i got to ask you, Joel, you, I know you work with both uh, you know, males and females, men and women, boys and girls. Is there a difference in terms of working with boys and girls in terms of their, their running regimen? And how you how you uh, how you coach them? Well, I've found over the years both uh, the uh, youth runners, high school and adult runners, the girls listen a lot better. They follow the plan. <laughs> uh, they feel uh, that they're maybe losing a little something, so they need. Uh, they know they've uh, been taught to cut back, but the guys they just keep pushing and pushing, and uh, they. Um, just uh, want to beat the other people, and like they read uh, Frank Shorter doing 140 miles a week in his his day, but you know he was uh, post college from there. And and then uh, a lot of times I'm at a track and I'm watching these parents and whether they're soccer players or whatever sport. Okay, let me see what you can do for a lap around the track. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're in soccer shoes or sneakers. They didn't warm up. They didn't stretch. They didn't do some strides. And this kid runs an all out. 400 meters, quarter mile, and he's just <laughs> exhausted, and that could lead to a, a injury right there, pulling a hamstring. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, information that needs to be put out constantly, and, and unfortunately, uh, losing this past spring to where I'm involved in an organization, New Jersey Striders, where thousands and thousands of kids compete every Sunday, we lost that whole season. So where did all these kids go? to be able to compete and practice. There were no, my group was canceled. Uh, I couldn't do anything. I, you know, talked to some parents and gave them advice of what to do, but, and, and it was, it's lost uh, a lot now in the fall. There are a few youth programs, uh, girls on the run, which is a good program for girls to start running. That's been done virtually. So at least something's going on with that, but uh, the uh, youth sports have taken a big hit. Uh, uh, speaking of obviously interruptions and stuff, do, do you ever, during normal times when, when, uh, you know, when, when things are back to what they used to be, did you, did you would advocate to kids to take some time off, uh, you know, from, from, from running perhaps during, I don't know, uh, summertime just to give their bodies a chance to, to rest and to, um, recuperate. Did you ever advocate that? Oh, very, very, uh, important to them and i talk about it a lot because they're running three seasons they're training all summer they go september october november up to december championships they got to take off a week to two weeks of doing other things 
taking a break, letting your body recover, yeah. and getting ready for indoor. And then after indoor, doing it for spring. What, what I preach to everybody across the gamut of ages, it's just important to take it easy as there is to push. I, I have a harder time stopping people from doing too much. And if, like you said before, if I told them to run 10, 15 miles a day, they try it. They said, oh, well, this is what Coach Joel's saying. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. But if I tell them, you know, I think you need a day easy here and there because you got to let your body, it's got to build up. If you keep tearing it down, it's not going to improve. It's been uh, shown years and years physiologically the body's got to rebuild itself, just like building a building and building it from the ground floor. Yeah. You've got to do this with running. It makes a lot of sense to me. It's, uh, to me, it's sort of a rough analogy to a baseball pitcher who goes out and, and throws a lot of pitches in one day and says, well, okay, fine, I'll go out tomorrow and, and pitch the same number of pitches. Right. No. Exactly. You, you, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let's continue with some more phone calls. I find this stuff obviously fascinating. Let's go to, uh, to Dr. Rob Freed in Lake Success. Hey, Rob, good morning. You're on the phone. Hey, thank you, Rick. Coach, it's Rob. been a while. How you doing yeah, there, Rob, Coach? Good to hear from you. I'm doing well. Good you to know, you I want to tell you something, Rick. Rick, he, this gentleman knows exactly what he's talking about, and I'm going to segue into what – he was coaching me for a while, but I'm perfect – Example of what he was talking about. I'm kind of uncoachable, okay? <laughs> and that's something you should bring up. And Joel understands that. Everything Joel we talked about, I believe in because, you know what, I did, by the way, break 20 minutes. Uh, we were working on it for a while. I was able to get it through the pandemic on the track on a couple sure virtual that. races. Right. I was able to finally crack the 20 minutes again. Now, for someone who doesn't understand, you know, that, that's 3.1 miles, and I'm 60 years old, and that's pretty, pretty pretty difficult at my age it's it's, it's not a very not a very easy thing to handle uh you know run 620 a mile at my age but joel is one thing i wanted to say is it sad day rick because today i would be lining up in staten island and it just shows us where we are in the world right now that we'd, we would have had 50,000 runners in staten island right at this minute and i'd be getting ready to go as the rest of us would be and there'd be a million people on the sidelines cheering us and uh, it, it's kind of a sad day for most of us out there that want to be out there running and we're doing these virtual races, which is, which is not the same. But here's my question to you, Joel, and everything you just said. I got burnt out. I ran, had a great college career, ran over Delphi, as you know, had a, you know, got some, some really good times, but after seven years of competing, running 80, 90, 100-mile weeks and racing, I just couldn't do it anymore mentally. Yeah. And this is something, that's why I, I took off so many years and did eventually come back, and, and I was fortunate to find you. But what you're saying is correct. I, my miles, I'm fortunate. I've never got hurt, okay? Um, in all the years I'm training, I'm, I guess I'm genetically built right. But, there you, you know, I, I keep the miles down now, like you said, Joel. It's all about quality. And I don't really take days off like you always wanted me to do, but I do know that you don't train hard every day. There's a hard, easy approach. And that's one thing that you've been stressing. I agree with everything you're saying. And the youth, in, you know, they should be participating, uh, Coach uh, Wolf, in different sports because, you know, it's not about runners are really built to do one thing. Uh, and, Joe, I think you'll agree with me on this, and I hope you can elaborate when I hang up. We're built to go straight forward ahead. I'm talking about distance runners. Uh, you know, that's all we pretty much can do because we don't have that lateral <laughs> well, stability. Uh, you know? Hey, Rob, th th thank you for uh, the call. You as got always. It. Thank you very and, much. 
and, and Joel, I mean, uh, it's curious in listening to, to Rob talk about this. He said he was running 100 miles a week in college and I guess in his 20s and never really had any injuries. Uh, but he also said emotionally he sort of got uh, burned out from doing this. And that's, I think, plays into what you're saying with your runners who obviously are eager to get faster, to improve their scores. But you're basically saying, look, you're going to have to take some time off occasionally or take a day off here and there because it's good for your body to have the chance to physically heal and recuperate. And just doing more more uh, miles is not necessarily going to improve your long-range times. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's very fair to say. And, and like we've talked in the past, I'm very big on uh, the heart rate training. Where you can train heart rate-wise in a correct zone, whether it's uh, elliptical, recumbent bike, uh, jogging, and you cannot uh, have that lactic acid uh, produced in your legs, which yep. will break you down. And again, uh, what Rob said, uh, just mentally burning yourself out. I mean, there were times uh, that Rob went through and was going through and I went through where you can go seven, ten days in a row feeling great and just running, 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 just having great days. Meanwhile, you're tearing your body down and you're not really getting anything out of it you're you're decreasing your chance to get better than increasing it because you're just running yourself into the ground it must and be very heart rate is helping uh to watch it and uh, being careful uh, yep. I, yep. I like longevity i hope to keep running till i'm <laughs> in my 80s and 90s it, it must be though challenging to, to to talk to a youngster who has some talent uh, and try to say to them and teach them, look, you're going to have to take a leap of faith here. You're not going to be able to run or you should not be running, you know, all these miles on an everyday basis all year round. You're going to have to take some days off because the kid, if, it's, if the kid's competitive, he or she's going to say, well, no, I, I, I think if I run even more, I'll get faster. And you know from your, from your wisdom and experience, that's not always the case. It's got to be tough to sort of convince the kid to, to sort of trust that kind of approach. Oh, very hard. Uh, I just finished up uh, this past spring uh, with a girl at my school who uh, was coached by her dad, and uh, he just felt more is better racing a couple times on the weekend. And I was fortunate to get a hold of her for three years and back things off and be careful. And uh, she trusted me and she knew my reputation. And uh, uh, thankfully, everything went well. And she got herself a full scholarship to run Wagner. And now there, she's the number one runner at the Wagner Cross Country team. So yeah. it's a, a great uh, to see that happen. And uh, she uh, and we keep in touch all the time. And she's always asking to make sure she's doing the right things. Joel, I, I got to tell you, we talk about coaches all the time in different sports and, and clearly running, uh, which seems so, uh, I guess, so natural to so many young kids just to go out and run around. But when you get to a point where you start getting serious, particularly with long distance running, uh, this is where any youngster uh, can benefit from the expertise and experience of somebody like yourself, because there is something to be said about how this is done and done the right way. So the kid gets through high school, gets on hopefully into college and beyond, and becomes a passion for the rest of their rest of their life. It's as simple right. as that. Do it for their health. I agree. And, uh, Joel Pasternak. Rick. Uh, yes. Stay, stay strong and well and safe, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Joel, my thanks as always. Friends, you can check out more about Joel Pasternak and his coaching at joelrun.com. Okay, that's going to do it. 
For me in this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks this morning to Tommy Lugauer. Please stick around for NFL Preview. That's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.